Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 338 of the Running Rogue podcast. This is your host, Chris McClung, coming to you from a chilly and cloudy day in Austin, Texas. I'm excited to be with you today for a solo episode where we're just going to hit on what I think is a relevant topic for many right now, which is what do you do after a big race? What do you do post peak race, whether that be a half marathon or a marathon? And how do you reset for what's next? Because I think there's a lot of things that people do wrong. Some mistakes that people make, mistakes that I've seen recently post some of these fall races. And I wanted to talk about both the mental and physical side of resetting so that you can recover properly from your peak race and then start to build back to the next thing. So talk about that in just a second. Before I get there, I wanted to quickly thank my sponsors for this episode. Thank you to BetterHelp, Careof, and Janji, three sponsors for this episode. I'm going to talk about BetterHelp and Careof mid-episode, but I'm going to lead off with talking about Janji here. They are a running apparel company and now my favorite running apparel company. I've been working with them for about six months now. They have amazing functional running gear. That looks great too because it's got cool designs from artists and cultures all over the world. 2% of revenue goes back to support water projects as well. So you're not only getting good gear, but you're supporting great causes. I want you to go to their website, runjanji.com. Use my code ROGUE15, R-O-G-U-E-1-5 for 15% off any order. Every order you can use that code. So go stock up on your winter gear. They've got great merino wool stuff, great outerwear, and of course, lots of great accessories as well. So go check that out. With that, I'm going to jump into my episode today. We're going to talk about resetting after a big peak race. I'm going to give you four things on the mental side and four things on the physical side to be thinking about after resetting from a big peak fall race. Before I get into those eight things, though, I want to set the table a little bit, talk about the why, why this is important. Relatedly, some of the mistakes that I see made as a result. But why? Why is it so important? There's a couple of things I want to highlight here. First of all, as I've mentioned on prior episodes, you can only peak for two or three races a year. And Just like we need recovery opportunities within a week or within a macro cycle by having down weeks, weeks, we also need recovery windows after a macro cycle before we get to that next macro cycle. We cannot build our fitness linearly. That doesn't happen within a cycle. Again, as you tear things down by stressing the system within a training cycle, So then you need your recovery so that you can build it back stronger. You need the same type of thing after a big race. We have to recover from that race. We have to give ourselves plenty of time to recover from that race so that we can then move forward and get to a higher place down the road. And this is a physical element, but it's also a mental element because yes, we need that physical recovery after a race, but we also need that mental ability to exhale Recover the mind so that you can then give it a break in order to get back to focus later because we can't sustain the mental focus that is required to go from one training cycle to the next without some sort of mental break in between. So we're going to talk about, again, the mental and physical sides of this need for overarching recovery between macro cycles so that you can then build back to a higher place. 
So that's point one of the Y. Point two of the Y is actually a performance oriented point. So we need that recovery point one. Point two, we also need this break in order to ultimately get to a higher place in our training. One thing we like to say around here at Rogue is that you have to detrain in order to retrain to a higher place. We want to think about our development as a linear process. It is not linear. And in fact, if you're going to reach a higher peak down the road, you actually have to find a near-term valley after this peak that you've recently achieved in a fall race. We have to hit a valley so that we can then get to a higher place again. That is a natural part of our own body's reaction to a big outlet, to a big effort, to having a race that you spend everything that you give your all. In order to come off of that, in order to then find a way to get to a higher place from that peak, you actually have to detrain. You actually have to hit a trough so that you can then retrain to a higher place. Mixed in there is the recovery elements that we're talking about. Mixed in there is also the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems at war with each other. And you have to get that parasympathetic nervous system activated again or working again or dominating again so that you can then get back to rigorous training where the sympathetic nervous system might be playing a bigger role. So we can't actually get to a higher peak unless we take the time to properly reset from our last race, which means actually recovering, but also intentionally losing fitness so that you can then retrain to a higher peak. I know that's really hard to accept and embrace because you want to take all of that fitness that you just had and you just want to build on top of it. And believe me, it's all still there. That foundation isn't going anywhere, but you actually have to lose connection with it for a little bit in order to get to a higher place down the road. Again, that's a hard to that's a hard concept to accept and a lot of people make mistakes in their training and trying to train through or get back to work too quickly because they're trying to hold on to this fitness that they just had that they just put to work in a big race that they don't want to see fall away or they don't want to lose, but you actually have to lose it. You have to say goodbye to it at least for now so that you can recover properly detrain properly in order to then rebuild to a higher peak down the road. It's an important part of that process. So that's the why. Let's talk a little bit about the what in setting the table before we talk about the how. Eight things I'm going to give you, four mental, four physical. The what, what does that mean? What does that look like to actually allow your body to detrain, to allow your body to reset talk about the tactics in a minute, but I want you to understand and accept the fact that it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel weird, maybe a little bit uncomfortable. There may be elements of it that you enjoy, and we'll talk about some of those in the mental reset, but you may feel some sluggishness. You're certainly going to feel out of shape pretty quickly. You're going to go for a run after a marathon or a half marathon, and you're going to think, wow, I feel terrible. I feel sluggish. The body doesn't feel like the finely tuned machine that you just put to work on race day. So it's going to feel sluggish. You may notice changes. You may feel like you're putting on some weight. You may feel sluggish, fatigued. You may feel a little bit out of sorts with your body. 
And those are all normal parts of this process to reset after a race. We're going to talk about some of the ways to work through those elements, but I don't want you to panic when you feel those things. And it's going to come in different forms for everybody. It might come in different forms after every race. But if you're feeling some of those things that have you feeling out of sorts, I don't want you to panic or worry. That is a normal part of the recovery process for your body. That is a normal part of your body trying to achieve a new homeostasis so that it can then rebuild itself, repair itself, and get on to the next. So if you feel uncomfortable, if you feel awkward, if you feel a little bit out of sorts, then that's a completely normal thing. Embrace it. Work through it through some of the tactics that I'm going to talk about and recognize that it's okay and normal. Don't panic. So I want you to be aware of that. But let's now dig into eight things I have for you. Four mental, we'll talk about that first. Then four physical things I want you to think about in order to allow your body and your mind to fully reset after a peak effort so that you can then get about the business of going on to that next goal. So first on the mental side, four things. Number one, I want you to first reflect and celebrate. Reflect and celebrate. What does reflection look like? Reflection looks like, first of all, feeling all the feels. Feel all the emotions related to whatever outcome you just had. Could be elation, could be Happiness could be joy, could be disappointment, could be anger, could be frustration, could be pure mental fatigue. There's a lot of things both on the positive and what you might describe as negative emotion side that you can feel coming out of a race. And I want you to feel all of those feelings. And by the way, it might be a mix of those things. You might have one side of your brain saying, that's amazing, loved it. It was the best race I could do. And you might have another part a little disappointed or maybe hungry for more or thinking that there was some time that you left out on that course. If you have a mix of feelings, that's pretty normal. And that's okay too. But feel all the feels. Don't suppress those feelings. And I know it can be hard to do that sometimes because you're going to have friends and family that are telling you you're amazing, telling you that you did great. And that might be true. But when you're immediately in the aftermath of a race, especially if the race didn't go the way you wanted, it's hard to embrace those things. So thank, thank people, recognize that they mean well, but then quietly and with those closest to you, feel all the feels Express those feelings to those that will understand and don't suppress any of them. And if you're feeling elation, feel that too. So feel the feels, reflect, think about the lessons that you've learned from the race, the things that you can take away. Don't overthink that part, but it's important to to spend the time there and then celebrate the result. Celebrate the result. You have to do this. And I think we often neglect this part. We often forget to celebrate or if we had a great day, then we're quickly on to the next and we're dreaming about what next goal might be in front of us. Pause, take time to celebrate. Don't get overly excited about picking your next goal race yet. I like to say you shouldn't think about your next race until you forgot about the last one. 
doesn't have to be fully true, but give yourself some time and space to feel the feels, to reflect, and then to celebrate the accomplishment of what you just did. And I would say that that should be true regardless of whether or not you hit your goal. It's obvious to celebrate if you hit your goal. Do that. Give it its fullest appreciation. Celebrate it with friends. Let them appreciate it and celebrate with you. But even if you didn't get your goal, I, I would find ways to celebrate what you've accomplished. Feel the feel certainly, but then give yourself space to celebrate what you just did. And yes, you may not have gotten the time on the clock that you wanted, but I promise you there are things to celebrate. I always like to say there's, there's race outcomes and then there's training outcomes. Ideally, both sing a happy song together and all point in the same direction, but sometimes they don't. Maybe your race outcome doesn't match the accomplishments that you've put forward in training. Celebrate those wins. Be thankful for the fact that you have a body that can do what it, do what it does. Celebrate the wins you had in training. Maybe you ran more miles than ever. Maybe you did harder workouts. Maybe you hit paces in training that you've never hit before. And even if the race doesn't, doesn't play out the way you wanted, there are still things you can point to that will allow you to claim success. So do that and celebrate those in some form. So that's number one on the mental side, reflect and celebrate. Number two, find ways to relax. (laughs) Find ways to relax. We have to give ourselves the mental space to take a break, to relax, to do things that are going to bring the body's stress level back down. When we have a big race, our body gets flooded with dopamine and adrenaline and cortisol, the stress hormone, and we have to give ourselves the ability to mentally come down and to reactivate that parasympathetic nervous system by doing things that are going to calm you down. That can mean taking a trip, long or short, to somewhere that is familiar to you, maybe a peaceful place. Could be as outlandish as going on a beach vacation or going on a mountain vacation or going on a weekend trip to somewhere that's calming for you. Or it could mean finding some space in the city where you live where you find peace. Hiking on a local trail, taking your dogs for a walk at a a space that is calming for you. But find ways to relax. That could be trips like that, could be hikes like that could mean yoga or meditation. You need to find a couple, at least a couple of ways to calm everything down, to give yourself the ability to turn on that parasympathetic nervous system, to put your body into a recovery mode so that it knows what's going on. And by doing that, it also means avoiding things that are going, if you can, that will add stress to your life, that will cause you more chaos. This is not the time to take on extra stuff. Kind of like when you're in the taper, I don't want you adding new projects, adding new things to your plate. Just, it's the same, honestly, in this post-race recovery period. Give yourself some space after the race to not add new things, add new stressors, if, if you can avoid it. Don't add that new project. Stay away from the stressful tasks. Try to 
ask for space with your partners and friends and family to help create a little bit of a buffer for you from those stressful things if you can. Again, life is life. I get it. We can't all put ourselves into a perfect bubble, but just be cognizant of avoiding additional stress and trying to the extent that you can to do things that will help relax you. That's number two. Number three, have fun, play, explore. Do what your mind and body are drawn to. And so this is related perhaps to number two, but this is, I think, the next step beyond number two, which is that once you've taken that opportunity to relax some, then give yourself the space to find new and different things to do that are interesting to you, that pique your curiosity. You've been spending a lot of time in heavy training, and we'll talk in a minute about the physical side of getting back to that training because the more you can be consistent, the better. But in this two to three window, two to three window post a big race, you also want to give yourself the space and time to do some other things. So what could that look like? And when I'm talking about other things, I'm talking about physical activity tasks, doing things that are fun and exciting. And that might be different from running. So it could mean, again, going for a hike in a place that you haven't ever explored. It could mean taking a trip somewhere that sounds new and different and exciting. could mean trying something new that from a physical standpoint you haven't tried, whether that be trying some yoga, whether that be going on a bike ride, taking a swim, going for a walk somewhere where you haven't explored, maybe going rock climbing or ice skating or going on an art art walk or taking a drive to the city next door and doing a shopping tour of something that's just new and different and fun. So give yourself the time and space to do something fun, to play, to explore, because that is really, really helpful for doing a mental reset before you get focused on your next training cycle. So that's number three on the mental side. Before we get to number four, I want to talk about my partnership with Care Of. They are a vitamin and supplement company. I've been working with them for now about two years, and they're the company that provides me with my daily vitamin and supplements. I get my vitamin D from them, my ashwagandha for recovery. Now I get also their their plant-based protein. So a lot of things that I need to go get my goals. They are a subscription service. And so what's really nice about it is that it's easy and convenient. You don't have to think about reordering it. So what I would do is go to their website, take a short, simple quiz where you can fill out your lifestyle and your health goals. And they will then give you doctor-backed recommendations for the things that you could include in your daily packs in order to get those goals. You can also tailor it and customize it. You can look at the research that they provide on everything that they recommend. And then, of course, add other things to those packs that you may already need. So that's pretty awesome. And then once you get set up, then they send you those packs. And all you got to do is grab them, take them daily, and be on your way. And if you're Needing to travel, it's simple. You just grab the packs that you need for that trip and then you have everything you need without having to think about it. It's pretty awesome. Again, I use them. I highly recommend that you use them too. For 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter the code ROGUE50. Again, that's 
Rogue 50, Rogue 50, R-O-G-U-E 50 for 50% off your first care of order at takecareof.com. Go check it out. Okay, let's get to number four on the mental reset list. Number four is reconsidering or reevaluating your purpose and your goals. Once you've gotten through a race, I always recommend taking a look inside again, asking yourself, what's my purpose with running? What do I need it to be? And how does that connect to the goals that I want? And that can evolve from race to race. Maybe you got your goal. Maybe you didn't get your goal. Either way, this is a time to refocus on what you want and why you want it so that you can then go about building that next plan, picking that next race. But give yourself the space and time. And it may not change at all. You may not have anything different when you reevaluate it, but at least give yourself the space and time to consider that. At a minimum, it's about looking at that goals again to say, hey, is this, are these the goals that I still want? Does that connect to a purpose and a reason for wanting those goals that still resonates? Do I need to make modifications there? And whether those things are still true or whether you need to make modifications, how does that then connect to the next thing that you sign up for? Because the danger here is that you don't reevaluate it and then you pick something that may not be connected to that purpose and to those goals. Maybe you pick it because of fear of missing out, FOMO. And then you get into that training and it's hard to get motivated and stay consistent in that work because it doesn't tie back to the big things that you want. And so, yeah, sure. It's, it's cool to do a fun race every now and then. No, no issues with that at all. But when you're picking those peak races, those races that you circle on the calendar where you're hoping to get something big, you need to make sure that it connects to that purpose, to those goals, and that you pick races that mean something to you that resonate, that are going to keep you motivated and excited to keep moving forward. So that's number four. Don't forget to revisit the purpose and your goal setting. Let's talk about the physical side of coming back, of resetting and coming back, because this is really, really critical. Number one, post a big race, I need you to be very, very careful about getting sick. (laughs) Might happen anyway, but I need you to be very, very careful about getting sick. After a big output half marathon or marathon, our immune system is significantly depleted and our body is focused on rebuilding itself. So it's taking resources away from fighting off disease and it's putting those resources towards repairing the body, undoing the damage that you've done to it in this hard effort. And so it's Resources are split, so that makes you particularly vulnerable to attack from pathogens from the outside. And so I will often hear about people getting sick. And sometimes it's hard to avoid, and you may not be able to avoid it. But I do think you can up the precautions that might help you avoid getting sick. I think masking on a plane, for example, after a big marathon or a half marathon, if you're traveling from a destination race, is an absolute no-brainer. There's no reason, especially in the fall when people are starting to get sick with the flu and COVID and everything else that, that tends to fly around once these cooler months hit, 
There's no reason to be on a plane exposed to all of that. You can hear all the coughing and all the sneezing around you. So just go ahead and wear a mask post a big race because that'll help you avoid getting sick and getting exposed to those pathogens while your body and your immune system are particularly vulnerable. And you may want to do that at any time, but I recommend it particularly after a big race. And once you get home, I would be particularly cautious to avoid people that might be sick. Don't, of course, eat after anyone or drink after anyone. Just, you don't have to wear gloves everywhere, but just be very, very aware of your surroundings and those that are around you and make sure that you're avoiding those people that might be carrying pathogens to the extent that you can. Of course, if you take things to help support and supplement your immune system, this would be a really good time to do it. In my household, we like to get the immune-supporting gummies. Airborne is one of the companies that you can find that provides those, and they'll typically have vitamin C and zinc and some other things that help really bolster your immune system. That's something I do. You may have other supplements that you really think about when you're trying to support your immune system, but those would be things I'd be thinking about immediately post-race. Avoid pathogens and then do things that are going to help bolster your immune system because it will be weaker in this window. And if you can avoid being sick, then that will help you stay strong so that you can recover well. So that's number one on the physical side. Number two on the physical side is really amp up those recovery activities. Remember, sleep and fueling are two of the most important things you can do to recover. So get plenty of sleep and get plenty of good, well-balanced, nutritious, whole foods so that your body has the building blocks that it needs. Now, certainly immediately post-race, I highly recommend a large filling meal within 90 minutes of that big effort so that you can start to give your body the rebuilding blocks of recovery. But I would say that that continues into the following weeks as well. A lot of people will be worried about eating too much because they're not training as much, but I don't want you to worry about that. Your body is in recovery mode. It needs all the building blocks. It needs all the fuel that it needed in training to stay strong in order to now rebuild and recover. And by the way, it takes about two weeks for the body to fully recover from a half marathon about a mile for or about a day for every mile, and it takes about three weeks to recover from a marathon. So even after the soreness is gone, your body is still repairing and recovering. So make sure that you're getting, again, good, well-balanced, filling meals so that the body can get those building blocks and start to, to rebuild itself. Don't restrict. Don't limit. Give yourself plenty of fuel. Sleep nap, take any extra moment you can to get plenty of it. You may not be running as much, so take full advantage of sleeping instead and consider some self-massage or going to get a massage. I typically don't want people to be too aggressive with self-massage in the first week back from a big race because the body can still be pretty torn down and starting to add massage onto to already destroyed muscles. I don't think is that helpful or it is hasn't been that helpful for me. But I do think that when you get into that second week, getting a massage can be helpful. 
doing self-massage with a foam roller can be helpful. Start to really mobilize and flush those muscles because rolling will help create not only mobility, but also blood flow within those muscles so that you can activate those healing mechanisms via blood flow. So do that as well. But mainly you want to think about all of those recovery elements that you do within a training cycle and really amp those up in those two to three weeks post because it all matters to help get get your body moving normally again. So that's number two. Before we get to number three, I want to talk about my my partnership with BetterHelp. They are the largest online therapy provider. And I know there can be a stigma about going to a therapist. And sometimes you think you have to go only when you have big problems. But I can tell you that they're there to help you with all of life's problems. And yes, I have seen a therapist after grieving a lo- the loss of a close friend. But I've also seen a therapist to help me manage parenting and working with a teenager and just trying to figure out how to better show up as a father. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be a big crisis, although certainly it can be. But it can just be simply needing that advice. And I think this time of year, as we get close to the holidays, can also be a particularly sensitive time of year. Gets a little gloomier outside, colder. Sometimes we start to miss loved ones around the holidays. And so this is a time to really think about reaching out if you need that support. So if you've been thinking about therapy, I would give BetterHelp a try. It's easy because it's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, and you can do it from the comfort of your own home. You go to their website, you fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with the licensed therapist, and then of course you can switch therapists at any time with no extra charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Running Rogue today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Running Rogue. Go check that out. Okay, let's get to number three on my list of the physical reset elements. And now we're going to be talking about the training part. And I usually recommend a two to three, two to three week build back window. You want to give yourself at least that two weeks typically for a half marathon, a peak half marathon that is three for a marathon where you want to give yourself plenty of space to start to rebuild. That does mean that I recommend running, but it also means making sure that you're not too rigorous about it for that window of time. For a marathon, for example, I don't recommend that anybody run for the first couple of days. So give yourself at least two days, perhaps three or four of no running at all. I do want you to consider walking or do some or doing some sort of other very casual movement during that time because I think walking or very casual emphasize very casual bike riding or swimming during that time can be a really helpful way to generate movement without taxing the system too much. And I think one of the best ways to recover from any hard effort is by easy movement. So while I wouldn't recommend running for those first two to three to four days, I do recommend moving in some way, very casually, walking, easy bike rides, whatever that may look like for you. Then, of course, I want you to start to rebuild your routine, but in a very, very easy manner. So at the beginning For a marathoner, I would recommend perhaps a three-mile run or a 20-minute run even. For that first time back, super, super easy movement cannot be too hard or too rigorous. I don't care how 
your legs feel. And you may say, well, I can't do it, you know, within three or four days and that's fine. Wait until your body says that it is okay. Give yourself plenty of space in that first week to either run or not, depending on how you feel. The earliest I would recommend after a Sunday marathon, the earliest run I would recommend if you feel up for it is on that first Wednesday back, but it could be that Thursday or Friday or Saturday and try an easy three mile run. Then from there, in that second week, I recommend considering a, a run three or four miles every other day, perhaps with a longer run that might be in the five to eight mile range, depending on how you're feeling. And then the third week back, you can start to ramp that up a little bit more. Probably keep the runs to three to four total with runs that could be a little bit longer, not longer than 10 to 12 miles at the end of that third week for those marathoners. But if it's less than that, that's okay. The most important thing I want you to do is no speed work, focus on the easy movement, and when in doubt, go slower than you think you need to during those initial weeks back. Two weeks of that for the half marathon, three weeks for the marathon. And you may feel, again, completely out of shape. You're certainly going to probably feel sluggish. You might feel tightness in places that you didn't anticipate. Don't take that necessarily as a, as a sign that you shouldn't be running because you do need that easy movement to create blood flow to promote healing to allow the muscles to move normally again. But don't expect it necessarily to feel great or come easy. And you're certainly going to feel like you're completely out of shape. All of that is normal. Embrace it. And if you need to slow down in order to feel comfortable, slow down even more. This is not a time to worry about pace. It's just a time to worry about easy movement as comfortably as you can do it. Then, once you're through those two or three weeks, we get to number four, which is then it's time to build back. Now, a common mistake people make in building back is that they pick a race that's then another 12 weeks away. That's not what I want you to do. You need to give yourself time to fully rebuild, which means you have to get back to a full periodized training block in order to build back to the highest, the highest place. And so number four here is at the end of your two to three week easy movement reset, then I want you to start back at the beginning from a periodized training standpoint to build to your next race that might be 18 to 22 weeks away, which means you go into a priming phase, then from there into a strength phase, then from there into a race specific phase. And then of course you taper again before your next race. You have to then start from the beginning to rebuild in sequence in order to get to that higher peak down the road. You can't take shortcuts from one race to the next. As a part of doing that, you can start to rebuild your volume again. I recommend not building by not more than four to five miles a week as you build back into a routine. And I would keep in mind the sequence that I recommend, add days, then distance, then add speed. And as a part of adding speed, you may just simply start with doing strides after runs in order to start to activate those fast twitch muscles again, get that speed amped up again before you start to do more rigorous workouts. But you can't take shortcuts. You can't go from your two to three reset into the strength phase or into a race specific phase. You got to go back to priming, then strength, then race specific, then taper in order to get to that higher place. And you can't skip steps. There are no hacks. 
in going from one race to the next if you want to optimize long-term performance. And that can be really, really hard to embrace, but it's absolutely true. And then that's it. Then you're off to the next cycle. So let's quickly recap. On the mental side, we've got four things. One, reflect and celebrate. Don't neglect that step. Number two, find ways to relax to give your body a chance to exhale from the intense effort that you just put out. Then have some fun, play, explore, do some fresh and new things over those initial weeks back. And then reevaluate your purpose and your goals to make sure that you're still on track with what you ultimately want. And then physically, four things are, one, be very careful to avoid sickness in those initial weeks back if you can. Two, dig into recovery by fueling properly, sleeping well, and perhaps getting a massage in that second week or doing your own self-massage. Three, then really, really focus on easy movement with low volume in those initial two to three weeks. No speed work as a part of that. And then four, finally, from the physical side, then you can get back to your next training cycle, but make sure you do it in the appropriately ordered periodized way without skipping steps in order to get to that higher place down the road. That's how you properly reset from a big peak race this fall. I hope everybody had a successful fall racing season, or maybe you're still racing ahead. And if so, good luck to you. And then get to these eight things so that you can then reset for what's next. With that, I'll wrap this episode. It's episode 338. Thanks for listening. As always, you can check us out at roguerunning.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Rogue Running. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.